Good morning and thanks for listening in. This is the Daily Morning Update from BQ Prime and I'm Alex Matthew. Over the next few minutes, we'll tell you everything that you need to know from around the world and also the top corporate news so that you can start your day ahead of the curve. Today is the 16th of November. One of the big stories that we're tracking this morning has to do with regulatory action that's been taken by the Reserve Bank of India against Bajaj Finance. The central bank has barred Bajaj Finance from lending under its e-com and Insta EMI card products. And the RBI said that this was done because the company flouted rules on digital lending specifically related to the issuance of a standard key fact statement to borrowers. This statement is meant to contain details regarding the annual percentage rate, recovery mechanism, details of grievance redressal officer, among other things. As per the latest available data, Bajaj Finance has over 4 crore EMI cards in force, according to its investor presentation for the quarter ended September, which was higher by 22% year-on-year. And in the second quarter, it acquired over 40 lakh EMI cards through the digital channel. The immediate impact on the company's earnings is yet to be ascertained. Now, Data Consultancy Services will be in focus in trade today. It has sent an update to the exchanges about the record date for its 17,000 crore buyback. That date has been fixed as the 25th of November. In case you missed it, In October, the company had said that it would buy back 4.09 crore shares or about 1.12% of the total paid-up equity share capital. The price for the buyback has been set at 4,150 rupees per share, which is a little over 20% of the volume-weighted average market price of the company's equity shares in the three months before the intimation of the buyback. There's a separate report on Tata Consultancy Services. It has been accused of unethical transfer practices for employees just weeks after it made office compulsory for all of its staff. The issue has also been brought to the attention of the government. The nascent Information Technology Employees Senate in a letter to the Union Ministry of Labour and Employment, has said that TCS has been engaging in a systematic pattern of forcing employees to transfer their work locations from one city to another, often without prior consultation. We're yet to hear back from the company. Now, in other news, Ashneer Grover's wife and former director of controls at Bharat Pay, Madhuri Jain, has been accused of siphoning funds from the company. The economic offense wing of the Delhi police has told the Delhi High Court that eight human resource firms linked to Jain were involved in siphoning off 7.6 crore from the company. The eight firms, where the proprietors are all relatives of Jen, were involved in creating false invoices for HR services to Bharat Pay. I want to turn to a couple of international stories that you'll want to know about. First, U.S. producer prices have unexpectedly declined in October, and that too by the most since April 2020, according to Bloomberg. Over 80% of the decrease in goods prices was on account of a 15.3% slump in the cost of gasoline, according to that government report. Services costs, meanwhile, were flat after rising six straight months. This is being seen as further evidence of easing inflation pressures, and especially when seen in conjunction with the retail inflation data that was released earlier in the week, there's now conviction building that the Federal Reserve is done with its rate hiking.
Turning attention to crude oil, U.S. oil stockpiles rose 17.5 million in the last couple of weeks. The Energy Information Administration had a report that said that yesterday. That's why you're seeing a little bit of softness in the prices of crude oil this morning. Brent crude was trading at around $80.8 to the barrel last I checked. In other international news, U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese counterpart Xi Jinping kicked off their first meeting in more than a year on Wednesday with hopes of repairing a relationship that has been strained by economic competition and military and diplomatic missteps. Xi has said that the U.S.-China relationship is the most important bilateral relationship in the world. And Biden has said that the two leaders made real progress after the meeting. That's based on a Bloomberg report. Now, in other important international news, Iran has increased its stockpile of uranium, enriched just below the level needed for nuclear weapons, potentially compounding Middle East tensions that are already heightened by the Israel-Hamas war. Nuclear inspectors from the United Nations watchdog have told diplomats yesterday that Iran's stockpile of highly enriched uranium has grown 5% since September, compared with a 7% increase in the previous quarter. Now, the U.S. will enforce oil sanctions against Iran amid the renewed conflict in the West Asia region, and that's according to a White House energy advisor. According to a Bloomberg report, the U.S. enforcement of sanctions led to a significant destocking or selling off of tankers on the water over the summer. That's according to what energy security advisor Amos Hochstein has said. In international markets, U.S. equities ended higher with the Dow gaining about half a percent and the other two indices registering narrow gains. And we've seen uh, a little bit of a muted start in the Asia-Pacific region with two of the three early rises starting off with narrow cuts of less than a third of a percent. And now turning to the equity markets in India, the gift nifty is indicating a flat start. You may be forgiven for not having paid too much attention to the equity markets yesterday with the World Cup semi-final taking center stage. We saw broad-based gains in line with what we saw in risk assets globally. The nifty 50 gained 1.2% and the broader markets kept pace. We also saw quite a bit of traction for the IT companies. The index gained over 2.5% and the Realty Index was the other big gainer. It gained close to 3%. We've also seen the benchmark bond yield come off quite significantly and the 10-year yield is currently standing at 7.22%. The rupee also gained quite handsomely, about 18 paise yesterday. It closed at the strongest in close to four weeks at 83.15 rupees to the dollar. And that brings us to the end of this edition of the All You Need to Know podcast. This is Alex Matthews signing off. Have a great day. 